0: Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. Father God, as we hold on to your promise today Lord that encompasses so much so within that Lord we glorify you we exalt you we lift your holy name on high we shout it from the mountaintops God be glorified today in this church in this body and in each one of our individual lives as we approach you in humility Lord God we surrender to you and Lord God we say that that uh this world is not enough. The success in my life is not enough. My agenda is not enough. This government is not enough. Those around me are not enough. Lord only you are enough. So Jesus we lift you up today. We glorify you in word, in deed, in action and in truth. Lord let our actions today seek to further your kingdom Let our words today echo the praises that are going on in heaven right now. Jesus, we do surrender ourselves here today to you fully, that we may experience you in a a powerful way and for some of us in a whole new way, in a bold way, but also in a safe way. Jesus, it's once again all about you we come to the cross yes we surrender at the cross yet we we stand up in life with you we celebrate the resurrection we long for the spirit to continually fill us on a day-to-day basis and lord we look for your return in a messed up and broken world lord god we continue to seek you always with our eyes upon the horizon of your yes. return so jesus once again we want to glorify you this morning we want to pray all this in you we want to we want to shout out your name we want to whisper your name we want to call upon your name for all things we call upon your name yes. for this service today we pray this in your name jesus and everyone said amen, amen. you guys can grab a seat Oh, it must be Memorial Day. But that's okay. We're here, and it's going to be good because it's not just Memorial Day, it's also Pentecost Sunday, and that's that's enough to get excited about, and that's enough to celebrate. We're going to be talking about that today in our message, Um, and we're just going to let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. Kids, we'll dismiss you guys now. Run on down. Learn, celebrate, come and tell your parents and grandparents what you learned today. It will be good. couple quick announcements. Let's get through those real quick so we can get rolling. Today is last Sunday, so um, please stay around after church, and we'll go downstairs and have food and fellowship, and, and it's always fun. Um, it's another cold rainy day. We love it because everything's green, but what else are you going to do today but come down and eat with us and and, uh, get some desserts and more desserts. So if you're here today, please just stay for that. And then we have these little flyers for our VBS, Fort Challenge. Um, Grab some of those if you have people in your life, young people, kindergarten through fifth grade, that might be interested in coming. Everything that you need to know is on the back, how to register, all of those things. It'll be from June 19th to the 23rd, 9 a.m. to noon. It is limited to 50 people, though, 50 kids. So if you know somebody who you think might want to come, I would get this to them very quickly because it is filling up quickly. That's a good thing, um, but we gotta we got to make sure if, if you have somebody that you think needs to be here, Please, please, please give them one of those right away. And also be praying for our VBS, please. Just pray for it. Um, pray now for the workers, for the kids, for the hearts of the kids, for the kids that um, potentially might take the good news back into their families. We don't know who's going to show up. You don't know what they're coming out of. So let's just be in prayer about all of those things. Hey, let's even pray for good weather on that day. just let it rain up until that day, and then for that week, let's have nice, nice weather. Amen. I think that's pretty much all the announcements. Quick legal update. Legislative update, not legal. Legislative. That's not going to come off. You should just stand there and talk, probably. No, I ended the microphone, but it's wrapped. It's wrapped. Okay. <laughs> um, Me too. <laughs>
1: um, some of this might be um, old news, but there's lots in the news and lots going on. Senate Bill 154 was passed by the governor by uh, May 3rd of year. That's the right to privacy to clarify the right to abortion that is in the courts right now. It's going to be. Um, Senate Bill 99 for the Youth Protection Act, the governor did sign that on April 28th. gets in the courts also. House Bill 359, prohibit minors from attending break shows, the governor did sign that on May 22nd. Yes, that's a win for us, and I'm sure it's going to court, it's just not out. Um, House Bill 234, revised dissemination of obscene materials to minors, the governor signed that on May 10th. And that um, takes all of the accountability away from the library staff. The attendee materials are still in our libraries, and we do have some in Kelena. We need to fight for our kids because our staffing at the schools are not. House Bill 575, specific abortion of unborn viable children. The governor signed that on the 3rd of May, and that was in the court Minahan, on the uh, 23rd. And the House Bill 721 restricts unborn children from dismemberment abortion. This one also had a mother's life exception in it. And the governor signed that on May 19th. And that's also at Court this last, uh, on the 23rd. And those both have the amendment for the mother's life. So we need to keep praying. Um, The state of Montana does not recognize the unborn as a person. It's only the woman that's considered. So we need to keep praying.
0: All right, thank you for that update. Um, Giving, four ways to give, of course. Always four ways to give. Give online, bridgehelena.com. You can also register for the VBS. You can do all that as well as through our app. If it's easier to text to give, you can text the amount you want to give to 84321. There's the good old giving boxes. We love our giving boxes. Or you can mail it to 725 Granite Avenue to Montana um, designate if you want if you want to give remember you give your your tithe is your your biblically it's your 10% it just comes into the storehouse but on top of that you can give an offering and in that offering you can designate that offering if you want it to go to a specific missionary or a specific ministry within this church designating is always a great thing. Amen. All right, you guys ready to get rolling on this Pentecost Sunday? Because I am, I'm ready to go. Let's pray and then we'll get started. Father, once again, we, we are glad to be in your house this morning. Oh Lord, what a great time to be in your house. Lord, we look out, we listen to the news, we read social media, we look at all the craziness going on, but man, when we come before you, when we come into your house, we understand just how amazing You are and how good it is to be here. So Lord God, be glorified in in the words that are spoken today. Lord, open up our minds, open up our eyes. Holy Spirit, illuminate these Scriptures today so they, they take hold that they have a greater meaning to each one of us. Help us in our understanding of Pentecost and You, Holy Spirit. Help me to speak only what You desire me to speak. Shut my mouth with everything else. And once again, I ask You, Holy Spirit, don't let anybody leave here today the same way that they walked in. We pray this in the mighty name of our King and Savior Jesus Christ. And everyone, shout it out one more time. Amen. Amen. Well, we're just going to jump in. We're going to just get started. How do you guys like that? You got your Bibles? You got your Bibles, hold them up. If you got your phone on your Bible, hold it up. Look at all these paper Bibles. We love the paper Bibles, but the phone Bibles work is just as well. In your Bibles, this is going to be a shock that it's Pentecost Sunday. And I ask you to turn to the book of Acts, right? Of course we're going to be in the book of Acts. We're going to go, Book of Acts, chapter two. We're going to start in verse one. Get your Bibles ready. Get them opened. Underlined. Um, write in your paper Bibles are great because you can write in a man a, a Bible that is written in and highlighted and underlined. That's a good Bible. Bibles aren't supposed to look brand new, are they? If they look brand new, get in it, get your fingers on it, crease the papers, wrinkle it, write in it, and do all those things. It's awesome. Here we go. Acts chapter two, verses one through four. You guys will recognize this when the day of Pentecost arrived. As we're reading through the Gospels and then we get into the book of Acts and we come to this point, we have now come to a monumental point. A monumental point not only in church history, but a monumental point in the history of the world. So let's, let's back up just a little. We gotta see how we got to this point. We want a refresher. We want to have an understanding. You guys know this, most of you, but it's nice to put it all into perspective here. So we're gonna go back and we're gonna start with Palm Sunday. Remember Palm Sunday. We celebrated that here. Jesus rides into Jerusalem. He's on a donkey. And the crowds go wild, and they're shouting Hosanna, which means, Lord, save us now. They're taking off their cloaks. They're grabbing palm branches. They're waving them. It's an exciting time. Everybody's jazzed up. They're ready to go. Though many of them didn't have the complete understanding of what was going on, it was a time where there was a lot of excitement. Four days later, it's what's known as Monday Thursday and this is where Jesus holds the last supper remember he holds the last supper and and he told the disciples hey let's do it in this upper room it's going to be great he gathers them together he starts doing the the last supper which was the passover meal and his, and the guys around him are like Jesus I don't know. He's doing it wrong. This isn't how we've always done it. What's going on? And and Jesus was doing something new, and it was a wonderful thing. And a lot transpired during the Last Supper. And that night, after they got done with the Last Summer Supper, Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane and prays. Remember, he prays so passionately and fervently that he that he begins to sweat blood and and. Uh, all this is going on and, and there's just this great atmosphere of, of good versus evil, but the promise that good will win out. And then the next day, Friday, Jesus is betrayed by Judas. He's arrested. He's put on trial. He's, he's beaten. He's sent before Pontius Pilate. He's beaten more. He's scourged. He's whipped. He's bloody. The Jews call for His death. They want Jesus to die instead of Barabbas. They have the option and they pick Jesus to be crucified where He is then led to Calvary and He's crucified, crucified upon the cross. And He dies. He's dead. Jesus, Jesus is gone. The crowds, they're, they're confused. The, the disciples, they don't know what is going on. He is then taken from the cross. He is laid in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And for many, it's over, right? Yes, the crucifixion happened. Yes, all of those things have transpired, but now Jesus is dead, dead and gone. But three days later on Sunday, the stone that sealed the tomb was found to have been rolled away. And the body of Jesus was not there. See, Jesus has resurrected. He is alive. That's, where, that's why we celebrate Resurrection Sunday. And for the next 40 days, Jesus is in His glorified body. And He interacts with His disciples and He's seen by over 500 people in that region. Jesus has risen. Jesus has conquered death. Jesus is alive. And now that brings us to Acts 1, 8 through 11. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea into heaven. Jesus ascends right before their eyes. Jesus is taken up supernaturally, unexplainably. Jesus is no longer standing with them, but He's up, and there's two angels that are testifying to what just happened and saying, why are you looking up? He's gone. He's ascended, just like He said. He's coming back. He is attesting to the return of Jesus For his church. What an amazing series of events that have just taken, just transpired in just over 50 days. So, what do they do now? What do they do now? We need to jump back a few more verses. We're going to look at Acts 1, 4-5 and we find the instructions that, that Jesus gave His disciples. Aren't you glad that Jesus gives us instructions? It says this, and, and while staying with them, He ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father which He said you heard from Me. For John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not too many days from now. Wow, we got a whole lot going on. What an exciting start to the book of Acts. Could you imagine um, a better start to the book of Acts? You couldn't even imagine it. This is amazing stuff here. See, after everything that the disciples have been through, after everything that they've experienced, after everything that they have seen, now they are told, or as the text says, They were ordered to wait. How many of you guys in here honestly like to wait? How many of you guys think the most favorite thing in your life, the best thing in your life is to go down to the DMV for license plates? How many of you guys enjoy that? Nobody does, right? Because we don't like to wait. None of us. That's not built in us to wait but but here Jesus is saying, "Hey, hey, you need to wait. I'm ordering you to wait." But it's just not in our nature to wait, is it? But when we look at something like this, when Jesus is ordering them to wait, telling them to wait, encouraging them to wait, it's different. It's totally different because this is massive. And this is life changing. Wait for the promise to be given. Wait for it to be poured out. Wait for it to be delivered. How I many of you guys know if Jesus tells you to wait for something that he got for you, it's a good idea to wait. Boy, they didn't, have, they didn't have phones, they didn't have computers, they didn't have all these distractions back then, but I'm betting it was, just, it was hard for them to wait as well. We've got a lot more things going in our life. So if Jesus tells us to wait, we're usually off Googling something on how we could get it done faster. How do I make my prayers happen faster? I don't know, I've never Googled that. Maybe I'll Google that and see what it says. Hopefully it'll be backed up with Scripture, but probably not. It'll give you a list of five things to, to help your prayers to be realized in a quicker way, but God doesn't do things like that. God's not into quicker, God's into appropriate it. So wait for the promise to be given, to be poured out, to be delivered. See this miracle, the miracle of the Holy Spirit being given occurred on the festival known as Pentecost. Pentecost is ten days after the ascension of Jesus, correct? But there's more to that story because according to Leviticus 23, 15, and 16, Pentecost is to be celebrated... The day after the seventh Sabbath, right? Seven weeks of seven, that's 49 plus one. That gives us 50 days after Passover is when Pentecost occurs. And originally Pentecost was a celebration of giving the first fruits of the grain harvest, um, offering that to the Lord, right? But but really it had become known as, as the Jews' Um, to the Jews as a celebration of, of Moses giving the Mosaic law. So so even back then, it's like, okay, Pentecost is, is, is my offering of the grain harvest, and we also celebrate Moses um, getting the law and giving the Mosaic law. But now, for the followers of Christ, Pentecost is known for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. How amazing and complete is God's, Scripture. The more I study God's Scripture, to be honest with you, the more I'm amazed. The, the, honestly, our English language is a detriment sometimes to studying the Holy Scripture. Right? The Bible wasn't written in English. For some of you, it wasn't even written in King James English. It was written in, in Hebrew and Greek. And there's a lot more in the writing styles of Hebrew and Greek. So when we look back and we look at things and we really dig in, um, sometimes we're so fixated on the New Testament as we should be. But we also need to be looking at the Old Testament because a lot of what happens in the New Testament is, is so tied directly to the Old Testament. And that's how we get to Pentecost. Was it just a, is just a coincidence? that the Holy Spirit was poured out on Pentecost? Absolutely not. Was it just a coincidence that that Jesus was crucified on on the Passover? Absolutely not. So as followers of Christ, we need to celebrate Pentecost as the giving of the Holy Spirit, but we need to know the roots of what that is. So please study your Bible. See, there's also a, a great contrast here when we're looking Old Testament, New Testament, especially when it comes to Pentecost. See, Pentecost was a celebration of the law that was kept at the temple in Jerusalem. Pentecost is now the realization of how the Holy Spirit has been made available and deposited in us, the followers of Christ. See, the Holy Spirit dwells within us, doesn't He? That's what's so amazing about the new covenant, that the Holy Spirit is not residing in the temple in a in a fixed area in Jerusalem. It's not in a tabernacle. It's not in the 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 constructed temple. It no longer no, that's not the way. It's in us. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit if you are a believer in Christ. It's so amazing. He resides in us. And this is so important and significant. Because whereas the temple in Jerusalem was, was that fixed stationary structure where the people were expected to come. They had to journey to it. You had to make, make a, make a pilgrimage. You got the, you had to purposely what? Could you imagine if we wanted to interact with this Holy Spirit, we had to travel all the way there? But that's the way it was. But now the temple of the Holy Spirit is in us. It's in us. And we're mobile. We're moving. We're not fixed. We're deployable. So wherever you go, The Holy Spirit is in you. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So everywhere you walk, you're taking the Holy Spirit. You don't have to say, oh man, I forgot my keys. Oh, where's my phone, my reading glasses? Oh, and I also forgot the Holy Spirit. We don't have to worry about that. We don't have to say, okay, once a year we're going to travel, we're going to buy airplane tickets because we want to go experience the Holy Spirit. Not anymore because of Pentecost, because of the giving of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is within us. The temple, the church is full of the Holy Spirit. It's an amazing time. It's an amazing time to be alive. Be glad that you're under the new covenant and can experience such things. See, on this day of Pentecost, the church was born. The church was born. This church that we're a part of, it was born on the day of Pentecost and it was taxed with the the ministry of of Jesus Christ. Boy, that's a big responsibility, isn't it? Oh, Jesus has given us the job. He's saying, hey, you're the church. These are the things you need to do. Can we do it on our own? Absolutely not. God the Father knew that. Jesus especially knew that, hanging out with people for for three years of ministry and 30 years of his life. He knew that that people weren't going to be able to do this on their own. So the Holy Spirit was given. And the commission of Jesus himself was not to stay, was not to make ready because people were coming to see you, was quite the opposite. It was to go. Jesus commissioned us. He told us, you guys need to go. See, there are so many reasons and there are so many benefits as to why the Holy Spirit was given to us. All of these reasons, all of these benefits are available to us and and they're amazing. See, the Holy Spirit testifies to the person of Jesus. People sometimes say, boy, I just don't know who Jesus is. Let's debate who Jesus is. Let's talk about who Jesus is. Let's, let's look at all these different books man has written about the person of Jesus. You don't need to do all that. You know why? Because it's the Holy Spirit who testifies to who Jesus is. And the Holy Spirit will always testify that Jesus is the only begotten Son of the Father. It's amazing. Listen to the Holy Spirit as He testifies to the person of who Jesus is. Then you don't get all messed up You don't get an error or anything. But the Holy Spirit is also the comforter. Anybody need comfort in here through this amazing life? This easy, breezy kind of life that we live? Life ain't easy. We go through things. And we have a comforter for those things. And it's the Holy Spirit. The one that we need to be seeking comfort in is the Holy Spirit and only the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, people can, can seek comfort in other things and different addictions and drugs and, and, and encounters and all that. They're seeking comfort in this life, but it always fails, doesn't it? It always fails. The only way to to truly be comforted is is through the Holy Spirit. But not only that, the Holy Spirit is our counselor. We all need counsel in our life. We talk about wise counsel. Seek God, godly and wisely counsel in your life, right? That is secondary to the counsel of the Holy Spirit. It's the counsel of the Holy Spirit we need to be seeking, and then when we're like, okay, I sought the counsel of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to seek counsel in a godly person. They're seeking counsel in the Holy Spirit, so you're going to hear it doubly from the Holy Spirit. So so if you need counsel in your life, the number one thing is to seek the counsel of the Holy Spirit. And how do we do that? Well. Part of it's through prayer, but it's also through the Word, because we know the Holy Spirit will never contradict the Word, right? Jesus spoke the Word. The Holy Spirit inspired the people to write the Word. He would never contradict Himself, so what we find in the Word, Holy Spirit inspired, that's good counsel. That's great counsel for each one of you. Holy Spirit also teaches us, right? He teaches us in so many different ways. I wish I could say that that in my life, the Holy Spirit only teaches me in positive ways. That would be awesome to be able to say, right? Oh, the Holy Spirit is just so great. He, he, He teaches me in all these positive ways. And He does but the Holy Spirit also allows me to fail in things so that I can learn, right? He allows me to go through trials and tribulations. He sees me through those things so that I can learn. If you are not desiring the teaching of the Holy Spirit, if you are not seeking education through the Holy Spirit, you're missing it. you got to allow Him in. Here's a good one that the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit convicts us. He convicts us. Conviction. Holy Spirit conviction is, is an amazing thing. Holy Spirit conviction keeps us out of so much trouble. Holy Spirit conviction allows us to understand why that is so much trouble. And even if we go ahead and step into that trouble, that conviction pulls us back from that trouble. Dave, you were talking about, yeah, there was a time in your life where, man, I don't want Jesus, let me die, and just, just leave me alone. But that conviction, that Holy Spirit conviction... That loving Holy Spirit conviction pursued you. He wouldn't let you go. He wouldn't let you get too far. He was always wooing you back with conviction. It wasn't easy, right? There's something within me. Oh my gosh, my stomach is churning. My head is spinning. What is that? That's the loving Holy Spirit conviction in your life. Never run from the Holy Spirit conviction that is in your life. See, the the Holy Spirit never condemns us. That's a man thing. That's an enemy. Satan himself loves to try to condemn us. Fellow man, our our friends, those that are around us, they like to try to condemn us. Tell us all the things that we're doing wrong and why we're so bad. But the Holy Spirit is different. He convicts us. He allows us to walk with Him to understand why those things are actually bad. All the while, He's over there saying, i got a better way. Let me teach you. Let me counsel you. Let me comfort you. Let me testify to the person of Jesus never run from the Holy Spirit conviction. Here's another one. One that we need on a daily basis. The Holy Spirit grants us wisdom and discernment. Wisdom and discernment, every situation we're in, we need wisdom and we need discernment. Every person that we deal with, we need wisdom and we need discernment. Wisdom um, allows us to have a deeper understanding of, of really why things are happening the way they are and how we should handle them. discernment discernment shows us situations of what we're going to walk into. okay, prepare. Prepare. This is coming. As a as a pastor, I don't know if other pastors experience this, but I'm not. I'm rarely surprised. I'm rarely surprised when things happen. Things are coming down the pike, and something within my spirit starts to starts to throw off little flashing lights, and it and it prepares me in certain ways. So so then I get a phone call, and somebody says, "Pastor, I need to come in and talk to you." And, and usually. For the most part, something down this within that discernment is telling me what this conversation is going to be about. Is it going to be a good conversation? It's going to be a hard conversation. It's going to be a tragic conversation. Is this person leaving the church? Are they mad about this? Are they having struggles in their marriage? Are they having offense? Are they carrying offense or unforgiveness with people? Man, I just know, and it ain't me. It's the Holy Spirit discernment. Within that discernment, He then front loads that with some wisdom. I can choose to accept that wisdom and to speak that wisdom or say, "Mm, God, i got this one on my own. And then I fail and falter and it's terrible. But that discernment comes and with that He brings wisdom. And you get to walk into situations where you just you're aware, you may not know the exact words or the exact things, but if you're not experiencing that, I would I would encourage you to seek the Holy Spirit and to pray, God, Holy Spirit, grant me wisdom today. Grant me discernment today. Um, you know, King Solomon, man, he wanted a double portion of wisdom. I want to be... I want to be at least as wise as King Solomon, so I'm going for a triple or a quadruple helping of wisdom because I need more wisdom in my life and I also want that discernment. The Holy Spirit is also the healer. He is the healer. If anybody ever tells you, hey, I'm I'm a healer. God has made me a healer. No, God hasn't made you a healer. God has given you the gift of healing, and it may just be a temporary gift. It may just be for this one person, or there might be several, but it's, it's the Holy Spirit that gives, gives the healing, right? He chooses to operate many times through somebody, but never mistake, it is the Holy Spirit that is the healer. The Holy Spirit is also the giver of spiritual gifts. I mean, you guys need some spiritual gifts in your life. We love spiritual gifts, but it is His to give, and it's His prerogative to give different people different things. What we need to do is be okay and excited about the gift that He's giving us and, and, and put that gift into employment. But we must never overlook one of the most central reasons we have been given the Holy Spirit. You know what that is? That is to enable and to embolden us to be Christ's witnesses in this world. All those other things are amazing. Those are very personal. They're good for us. They help us to grow our faith. They help us to be a better Christian. They help us to be a better person. But really the the number if we were going to rank rank everything in order, it'd be like, oh the Holy Spirit testifies to the person of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit enables and emboldens us to be a Christ witness to this world. We have to understand that. That is not a a gift that certain people get. No. That is what He gives all of us. He commissions each and every one of us to be His witness. See, the Holy Spirit empowers us for service. Service to the King. Service for the Kingdom. He enables us to do what we have been called to do. And here is the amazing part. The Holy Spirit is able to take our natural abilities. We all got some natural abilities. He takes our talents, even our unique personalities. And we've got plenty of unique personalities in this room today. And He refines them for God's use and God's purpose. That is just flat out amazing. God doesn't want you to be a cookie-cutter Christian that looks like every other Christian. God said that I have made you fearfully and wonderfully and uniquely in my image, but it's but it's personally your personality and your strengths and your differences should be celebrated because, because God wants a variety. Man, God was so amazing. He even made skin colors different. He made eye colors different. He made hair colors, different and non-existent, and both, and, and all of those things, and he made the personalities different. It's amazing things, we need to celebrate those things, but it's the Holy Spirit that then takes that and says, that's all of what you have, now let's employ that for the kingdom. Therefore, there are certain people in here that can re- that can reach certain people. And there's other people that can reach other people. And and in God's economy, that's a beautiful and a wonderful thing. But it's all governed by the Holy Spirit and our humility and our submission to the Holy Spirit so that we can get emboldened to speak of the great things of Jesus in our life. When we look at the, the, the unique nature of, 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 of people and the Holy Spirit getting a hold of them, we can just look at Peter. We can look at John. And, and we can especially look at Paul. And this explains how God is capable of, of accomplishing His work through your average, ordinary, and even rejected members of society. Boy, that is so cool. That is so cool. That's I'll be honest, I know some people in here get all caught up with, with like the British monarchy and oh we got a new king and you watch it on and oh he's becoming king and all that. But I've always from from as far back as I can remember I've I've had a problem with that because because he didn't do anything to earn that. He was just born into that, so his class is above everybody, right? I just torques me. I just hate it. It's like, who is He? He's done nothing. He's never held a job. Nothing. He's just born into that bloodline. But I'm born into a different bloodline. I'm born into the bloodline of Jesus Christ. And that means... That no matter how uh, my station in life, it doesn't matter, matter how I was brought up, it doesn't matter how educated I am, Jesus says, if you're humble and you submit to Me, if you allow the Holy Spirit to just embolden you, I am going to use you in mighty ways. He doesn't care about our history. He cares about our future. It's an amazing thing. I, I love that. Because of Pentecost, because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Despite who you once were, regardless of what you might have been or done, in spite of the stubborn, hard-headed, and sinful nature you used to live under, God not only has a desire to use you for His good, He has a plan to use you for your good. He had that plan way back before you were ever born. He had that plan way back at the creation of, of the universe. He said, this guy's coming at this time and it's going to be in this situation and he's going to be in this area and i got a plan for him and I, I've uniquely made his personality just what I need it to be. And And if he humbles himself to service in the kingdom. I'm going to use Him in a mighty way and it doesn't matter what He has done up to this point because the blood of Jesus is upon Him. That was established at the cross, right? But it didn't end there because He is no longer dead in His sins and forgiven in that, but He is also alive and born again because of the resurrection, right? And because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, He is now made ready to be useful for the kingdom. God has a plan for you. He has a plan for each and every one of you. Now unfortunately, there can be confusion or even fear when it comes to the Holy Spirit, right? You happen to be in a a church that that embraces the Holy Spirit, but not all churches agree and 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 desire the Holy Spirit or embrace the Holy Spirit in the same ways that we do. I I pray and I believe that we do it in a in a very biblical way. Um, but when you go, you could go to fifty different churches and probably get fifty different um, ideas of 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 the Holy Spirit, who He is, and His actions. See, some will deny that the action and activity of the Holy Spirit is for us today. That ended with the apostles, right? All of that ended. Speaking in tongues, healing, um, spiritual gifts. That ended with with the original apostles. That's 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 a mindset today. So so they go through through life, they they go through believing God the Father, God the Son, and we look to the Holy Scriptures, which is three good things, but you can never deny the Holy Spirit. And I'll be the first to admit, others can and will get a little weird when it comes to the Holy Spirit. You probably know what I'm talking about. Sometimes they invoke this hyper spirituality that opens the door to some, some really some outlandish behavior, creating this, this elitist hierarchy and this chaos within the church. And, and there's been that side of things too. You walk into one of those churches and it's like, oh my gosh, there's no order here and it's, it's out of whack and people are doing all these things. And, and my discernment is saying I don't feel comfortable about this, but it happens. Right? See, here is what I know and I encourage you to explore for yourself with a biblical standard. Take a biblical standard of of the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is. I think that keeps us safe, keeps us in the middle. We don't deny the Holy Spirit, but we don't start doing outlandish things and account that to the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. It's the third personality of the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three in one. Distinct. It's its amazing stuff. See, the Holy Spirit, He is the teacher. John 14, 26. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Oh, yeah, I remember reading in Scripture this, this, and this. That's the Holy Spirit helping you and teaching you. But the Holy Spirit is also the helper, Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, where we do not know what to pray for as we ought but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words there's certain situations we were in we we will be in and we need help we don't even know how to pray or what to pray but the holy spirit is there always there to guide us and to help us i talked about this before the holy spirit resides in us 1 Corinthians 6.19, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. When we become a born-again believer, we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. He is residing in us. The Holy Spirit brings freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17, Now the Lord is the Spirit And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Man, we need freedom in this life. Freedom from what you say? Freedom from death? Freedom from sin? Freedom of bondage? Freedom of fear? All of those things. Freedom of addiction? Freedom of anger? Freedom of... of, Man, you fill in the blank. It's the Holy Spirit that can bring freedom into your life. Here's a really amazing one. The Holy Spirit brings belonging. He brings belonging. Romans 8 9. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Right? So, if somebody denies the Holy Spirit, and I don't need the Holy Spirit, I don't want the Holy Spirit in my life, then how can they belong? To Jesus and then by way of Jesus the Father. So there's a belonging that comes when we when we long for, welcome, and accept the Holy Spirit within our life. Here's a great one. The Holy Spirit, man, the Holy Spirit has good fruit. He's got the good fruit. Galatians five, twenty-two and twenty-three. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. You want those good things in your life. We pursue the Holy Spirit. We welcome the Holy Spirit one time in our life. No. Once a year. No. On a daily basis. Yep, because we need it on a daily basis. We need to welcome the Holy Spirit into our life. We need to ask for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit into our life on a daily basis. The Holy Spirit empowers us for service through His baptism. That's what Acts 1-8 is all about. We read it before. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be My witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Holy Spirit empowers us. He gives us the right words to say. He gives us a desire to say the right words. And He gives us a boldness to actually open up our mouth and speak. So let's resolve in our own lives right now that we take a biblical approach to the Holy Spirit and we don't swing either way to one side where we, oh, that scares me, that freaks me out, we're going to keep that out, to the other side where it's a free-for-all and people are hanging off the chandeliers. We want to be right in the middle. We want to have that biblical approach with the Holy Spirit. And I would say with all the other theology that is within our lives, we look to the Bible. Is it in the book? Oh good, it's in the book. Oh, it's not in the book? Well, then we're not going there. See, we don't want the denial on one side or the weirdness on the other. Amen? Amen. See, when we fall to either side, here's the deal, when we fall to either side, we can uh, effectively diminish our ability to accurately testify as to who Christ is. I don't want to keep people from coming to Jesus because I either deny who the Holy Spirit is or I'm weird about who the Holy Spirit is, right? I don't want either of those things to be a deterrent to their relationship with Jesus. So I have to, I have to biblically get to the point in my life where I have an understanding, a knowledge, a wisdom, a humility, and a desire to have the Holy Spirit active, alive in my life in a healthy way and then I can transfer that. I can speak that. I can talk about that. I don't run from a discussion about the Holy Spirit, but I don't start hitting people on the head and knocking them over backwards either, right? We have an appropriate way. The Holy Spirit is gentle. He's a gentleman. He's powerful. But it's the Holy Spirit that does those things, not me, right? I make a mistake when I try to be the Holy Spirit in my life. I need to step away and say, Holy Spirit, you do what you do. And then he says, Finally, I got you where I can use you the way I need to use you. See, if we don't do it the correct way, it can serve as a huge turnoff to those who are seeking Christ. Maybe a good way to think about Pentecost would would be this. Pentecost is the Holy Spirit actively seeking us, so we can actively seek those sitting in the darkness of the world. I think that's a great way to think about Pentecost. Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. He came and yet He ascended. His desire to seek and save the lost hasn't changed, but His mode, His method has changed a little bit, hasn't it? Instead of Him actually doing it, He's doing it through us, empowered by the Holy Spirit. So those that say, well, I've never met Jesus, you need to extend Jesus to them through your words, your actions that are submissive and empowered and emboldened by the Holy Spirit. It's a great plan. You've got to admit, man, God knew what He was doing. It is a great plan. If it is, a, if it is the Holy Spirit that allows us and encourages us to be a witness to those very things, shouldn't we be employing that in our lives? as faithful followers and believers in Christ. Never get too caught up in any Christian thing that pulls you away from being who the Holy Spirit is calling you to be, and part of that is the commission that Jesus gave us to go, to baptize, to disciple, to testify as to who Jesus is. What's that saying? You can be so heavenly-minded that you're no earthly good, Right, There's too many ministries out there that focus on self and not the Great Commission. And I'm going to choose the Great Commission every time because that's what Jesus told me that I need to be doing. See, the Holy Spirit has both this, this wonderful personal effect, but this, this, this other awesome public effect the Holy Spirit is working within me every day, every instant, every millisecond. The Holy Spirit is working in me. He's He's changing me. He convicts me. He comforts me. He counsels me, and He uh, he, he 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 moves me, right? One more step, a little closer to Jesus. He speaks to me. He directs me in a very personal way. It's for me. And and He powerfully equips me for the good works of Christ, for ministry and for, for missions in a very public way. The reality is He does all of this in me because I desire Him to do all of this in me. Where's your desire when it comes to the Holy Spirit? See, I, I seek the Holy Spirit in my life. I pray for His leading and His wisdom, even His correction. I try my best to listen and to apply what the Holy Spirit is speaking and directing me to do. I make myself available to the Holy Spirit. And and yes, sometimes that means waiting upon the Holy Spirit. I, I do all these things every single day. That is until I don't because sometimes I won't, because sometimes I'm too busy, and sometimes I forget, and sometimes I, I give too much volume to, to fear, or pride, or anger, or insecurities, or sin. I just want to do things my way, because my way is the right way. And I heard that on a commercial one time, so and McDonald's tells me I can have it my way, and I'm just going to do it my way, so I step away from the Holy Spirit. I, I quit desiring Him. No, He never leaves me but I tune Him out, I put the earplugs in. Really, those are just excuses, aren't they? They're just excuses because for whatever reason, I'm going through something and it's so hard. Well, then you should be seeking the Holy Spirit. Life is great and everything's going good. Well, then you should seek the Holy Spirit. Here's the deal, I have to put some effort in here. I have to position myself to be equipped I have to have a desire to listen and to hear. I have to be willing to wait sometimes and jump at other times. I have to set my standard at a level that will settle for nothing less than the Holy Spirit and what He has for me. I have to do those things. Man, Jesus never intended you to be the bump on the log Christian that just, oh, you. You prayed the prayer and now Jesus, take the wheel and you, you just do everything in my life. I don't want to have to do anything. Jesus says that's not the deal. Here. I love you so much that we're going to do things together. You do need to position yourself. You need to ready yourself. You need to pursue Jesus as well as the Holy Spirit. See, for us today, ever since the Holy Spirit was poured out, ever since Jesus ascended, it's the Holy Spirit that we interact with. Oh, well, I, I believe I heard God speak. Yeah, that was the voice of the Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus was showing me, yeah, that was the action of the Holy Spirit. See, they're a trinity. They're three in one. We can't separate them, but we have to understand it's the Holy Spirit that we interact. Therefore, it's the Holy Spirit that we need to welcome into our life. He is God's mode of action in this world is God's mode of action in your life. The personal experience and interaction that we have with the Father and the Son is by way of the Spirit. Please understand that. Please embrace that. And our testimony that we share with others, it has power because of the Holy Spirit. Because what's the Holy Spirit doing? He's testifying as to who Jesus is. Holy Spirit will always point to Jesus. Man, He loves doing that. I bet if you said, hey, Holy Spirit, what's your favorite thing? He's like, I get to testify and point to Jesus. I love that. It's a great thing. The birth of Christ was monumental. His life here on earth was extraordinary. The cross was authoritative and and overwhelming with God's love. The resurrection was triumphant. The day of Pentecost reveals the potential of the church. And I don't care what anybody says, Jesus' church right now today is full of unmatched potential. How engaged are you with Christ's life, death, resurrection, and empowering of His Spirit. Well, I I really identify with the death of Christ because it was the death of my sins. That's awesome. I'm great. I love hearing that. But do you do you do you relate to the resurrection, the life, the born again life? Yeah, yeah. Skin was crucified, but Jesus lived. Are you are you are you into that too, man? Are you relating to that? Yeah, yeah. Of course I am. Well, then how about the empowering of the Holy Spirit? You can't separate Him. You need them all. Jesus intends for us to identify with His life, His death, His resurrection, and the empowering of His Spirit. We are not meant to only identify with one aspect here, or even two or three. We want them all. We are are to identify and pursue all of them. We are to be different from this world. The only way to be different from this world is to have the Holy Spirit in us. And that's what causes the difference. People don't like you as a Christian. It's not necessarily because of you. It's because the Holy Spirit that's in you. That's what they don't like. So how different are you really from this world? That's an evaluation you've got to take for yourself. How different are you really from this world? Maybe it's time to have a personal Pentecost, right? A personal Pentecost. Oh, I read about it. That was amazing. Boy, that would have been really cool to be there. Well, why don't you have a personal Pentecost? And not only that, why don't you have a personal Pentecost every day? How might that look? I must desire it. I must position myself. I must seek Him. I must place my trust in Him. I I must openly, uh, openly receive Him. And if necessary, I have to wait for Him. Now some of you have been taught that when you receive Christ, you will also receive the Holy Spirit, right? And that is absolutely right. And that is biblically true. But some also treat... That is just part of the deal. It's just part of it. It's just something that all goes together. How can the Holy Spirit live within me, yet I have little desire to interact with Him? i got to ask myself that question. If you don't have a desire to interact with the Holy Spirit, then then gosh, is He really living within you? Because the Holy Spirit within me should compel me to interact with Him as He testifies to who Jesus is. See, though He indwells in me, Am I seeking His infilling and His interaction daily? I, I remember when we were in missions and, and, and we would end up, man, we would end up in all sorts of crazy places. And, and we would end up in crazy situations. And, and man, we have some great, great stories. And some of those times were, were just amazing. We were, we were watching God do some just some amazing things, meeting needs, meeting our needs. Just, man, we didn't even know we had a need. And here's this solution to that need, and it's like, well, I wonder what this is for. And and an hour later or a day later, we would see, oh, there's a need for that. And God was providing. The Holy Spirit was, was actively at work in our lives, and we saw God work in some powerful ways. But then there was other times where where we were in situations and it was chaotic and it was downright demonic. Where the the oppression and the evil it was tangible, man. It was like visual. It was it was man. You could touch it. You could cut it with a rope. I mean, it was there. It was so tangible. Now I could not imagine, nor would I have ever wanted to be in those situations without being actively engaged with the Holy Spirit, right? I wouldn't have wanted to be on the mission field and, and, and not been 100% humble and engaged in the Holy Spirit at all times. But why would my life today be any different than that? Because I was technically a, an appointed, fully appointed missionary and now I'm just a pastor so I don't need the same things? I absolutely need the same things. See, in those situations, I had to be overflowing with the Holy Spirit. I want to be overflowing with the Holy Spirit all the time. See, so we fast forward today. I'm older now, a little bit, and hopefully have been granted more wisdom. I, I, I love this one. I just love it. So, so the son saying, do, do I need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? And he says, son, you need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. Amen Amen to that, right? I think that's what we need to look at it. That's how we need to look at it. Oh, you know, the whole theology of the Holy Spirit or or water baptism, or taking communion. Hey, hey, do I have to have those things in order to get into heaven? It's like, man, you should want those things, man. A- anybody been to Walmart lately? You know how true that, that statement actually is. Man, I'm walking the, the, the aisles of Walmart very seldom. I, I, I don't love going there, but it's like, Holy Spirit, empower me. Empower me to find stuff, because they keep moving stuff. There's some shortage on sriracha, so you got to search for that. Holy Spirit, help me to get that holy sriracha sauce. So my. My tacos taste better, but but the interaction, the potential interaction with people, I want wisdom, I want discernment, I want to know what's going on. You just never know with Walmart. You meet all people. so, So let's adopt that. Man, you need the Holy Spirit to do everything in your life and you should want it. It's not a have to, it's a get to. It's a desiring. We need to desire that. See, with that greater understanding I know I don't want to do anything in my life, anything in ministry, anything in this church, without being full of the Holy Spirit, being guided by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit granting me wisdom. The Holy Spirit granting me discernment. with The Holy Spirit granting me boldness. Why do you think I pray every single Sunday? I pray, Holy Spirit, allow me to say the things that You want me to and not the things that You don't. Ah, you don't want me to leave this up to Jason. Man, you're going to get all sorts of weirdness going. But the Holy Spirit says, thank you for praying that. I am now going to guide you. I'm going to position you. I'm going to move you. I want His boldness to go. Right, I want His boldness to see the needs in this community. I want I want the ability to speak His words in each one of those situations. Do I beat somebody over the head with the Bible when I meet them? If that's what they need and the Holy Spirit saying to you, I will... But sometimes it's just talking about the weather. I was about to call the worship team up. <laughs> but I, are you ready, Dave, or you need to go out there? Real, okay. I didn't know if he was going to go convene with the Holy Spirit real quick or, or if he's coming he, he's changing songs, I bet. You know why Dave's changing songs right now? The because the Holy Spirit oh how could that We didn't plan that. It made me think so. So worship team, come on up here. Come on up here. It's amazing. We are going to open up the altars today, but we don't have to have the altars open to interact with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't live here at the altar, but I'll tell you this, if the Holy Spirit's telling you to come forward and worship, to pray, to get prayer, whatever that looks like today, don't run from the Holy Spirit. Today could be that breakthrough where it's like, man, I've never... All right, in the past several months, I haven't felt super close to God. Man, the Holy Spirit is wooing you to be closer. The Holy Spirit's wooing you to take those steps. Maybe it's time we just humble ourselves. Man, if you're carrying around the burden of sin, however that looks, if you're carrying around um, offense or fear, unforgiveness, any of that, I bet the Holy Spirit's giving you a little conviction right now what a great day, the day of Pentecost. day we celebrate Pentecost to, to forfeit that to Jesus and in return accept what the Holy Spirit wants to give you. So I would encourage you to cultivate a relationship with Jesus by way of the Holy Spirit every day. It's got to be every day. Amen? Did we change songs? Did you want me to? No, I didn't know what was going on. I just Okay, we're going to do it. Perfect. Okay, we're ready to roll here. I'm going to pray. I'm going to be at the altar. You guys want to pray with me? Worship with me? We can chat it up when we're eating desserts downstairs. But if you want to pray, worship, encourage, edify, whatever, I would invite you guys to meet me at the altar today if you just want to let go. Let go of your life. Let go of the chaos. Let go and lay it down. And in return, get filled up. Man, when we, when we were hanging around hippies, man, there was a time in our ministry and in our life we would hang around. I mean, we're talking full-on real hippies. Like they lived in school buses. They, they didn't wash their hair very often. They didn't wash anything very often. And they smelled. And they loved Jesus, and it was awesome, man. They could all sing, and we would go to different like music festivals with them, and it was just enlightening to me. But But they would always have a saying. They would say, man, you just need a dose of the ghost. And it's like, hey, that's pretty good because each one of us, every single day, we need to have a dose of the ghost. So if you're lacking, if you're dry this morning, let's get filled up together. Let's get empowered. Let's let's allow the Holy Spirit to testify to Jesus in a way that we can hear it in our lives. And then let's just do this. And then let's go downstairs and let's continue to glorify Jesus and get all wrapped up in that. And let's let's take Jesus to the streets and, and let's allow him to change us and and let's just testify to who Jesus is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Everybody stand up. Let's pray. Father, what an amazing plan you had from the beginning. And Lord God, it's such a great plan, but it's also a personal plan for each one of us. Lord, I want to thank you for the plan that you've had for my life, Lord God, and the the influence of the Holy Spirit that, that has been and is now and will continue to be in my life. Lord, I want more. Holy Spirit if that's you today just pray that Lord I want more Holy Spirit expand me if I need to be expanded spiritually not necessarily physically but spiritually expand me so that you can pour more of your Holy Spirit anointing in me Lord God help me to have the wisdom double triple quadruple wisdom as well as the discernment give me the boldness teach me counsel me comfort me Do all of those things. Holy Spirit, I don't want to live this life apart from you or away from you because it's all about you, Jesus, and the Spirit that you bestowed upon us because the Father's plan was just that. So, Jesus, be glorified. Father, your plan was perfect. We love the connected relationship with you because of Jesus. But, Lord God, we want it all. So we want the Holy Spirit too. So we ask you now. And you will not hold back that hand. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone shout it out.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com and we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.